Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of Coffee Protocol Podcast. This is your host, Baristan Bike, coffee educator and consultant. First of all, thank you very much um, to everyone out there who nominated uh, this podcast at the Spraji Awards. And if you haven't voted um, for the finals, please consider voting. Uh, it could really be awesome to see an Indian podcast win an award but to be very honest i'm just so happy and thankful that i'm in that list of the finalists it's such a surreal experience to have an indian podcast up in that list coming to this episode we have ramsey coffee and boy this is an amazing podcast episode without further ado let's begin and also merry christmas This shit takes a lot of time. Like stretch that shit. What is this bullshit? Like why? It's like a little piece of cork. Is your podcast like kid friendly or something? Isn't should I like not be swearing? By the time you finish reading it, you'll probably be sweating. And I mean, that's why we love coffee. Don't quote me on this. Okay, great. Um, yeah, go for it. So first of all, thank you very much for joining on this episode. Thank um, you. Yeah, we're really happy to get you on board. Finally getting you on board. I remember we spoke, I don't know, a long time ago yeah. when, you know, something can be uh, done. Uh, anyways, so for the people uh, who might not know you, which I don't think is possible, at least in my Instagram list. Um, no, I mean, we're still we're still small. Hoping to grow that big one day. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you will. Uh, so yeah, how would you like to introduce yourself? Well, I'm Raghunath, and um, my wife and I run a company called Aramse, and uh, we started out doing uh, intimate in-person workshops where, like, with six people, we used to feature two different Indian roasters and uh, two different brewing methods. And sort of started out like that and started gaining traction. And um, obviously COVID hit. So we had to completely change our business plan because the whole in-person and social aspect was dead. So when we decided to go back to the drawing board and in that time, we, we figured that we'll just start creating content because we had a lot of stuff that we had, uh, we had like, like I've like trained in London and my wife has been like a coffee, like enthusiast for a while. And um, so then we started creating content and that slowly led to the starting of our YouTube channel. And then through, uh, through our Instagram channel, we started getting a lot of questions about, hey, which coffee should we buy? And like, oh, how do you brew this? And these kind of questions. And that sort of led to the subscription side of the business. So right now it's twofold. One side is we are content creators and we're trying to make coffee more accessible and uh, create content that allows people to feel included in this new movement that's booming in India and also be able to brew delicious coffee at home. And the other side is obviously it's a bespoke uh, coffee subscription that's steadily growing and uh, uh, how it works is you subscribe and it's purely recommendation based. So 
you you don't know which coffee you're going to get. We currently have 11 roasters on board. And based on your taste profile and certain questions that we ask you on the website, we send you coffee tailored to your palate. And uh, based on your feedback, the, the recommendation sort of gets better over time. So okay. that's basically where Aramse is at this point. We have in the research phase a couple of products, but then it's a bit too nascent to talk about now because of covid we've sort of put that on hold but uh, we hope to resume that and um, yeah we were supposed to go to the London Coffee Festival to sort of showcase this brewer that we're working on but all of that has taken like a like sort of a backseat hoping to resume that very soon. Wow that's a lot of thing uh, going on in there under the umbrella of your company. Now a few questions there. Yeah. Now, when you started the company, when you mm-hmm. and your wife started the company, I'm sure at that point, probably not everything was online or not everything was around subscription. Uh, oh my God, it's, I'm, glad, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm glad you asked this because our in-person workshops were actually tech-free. Okay. And our one Instagram post was saying, uh, was talking about why we aren't on Instagram. Oh. We didn't want to be on social media, but okay. sort of COVID forced our hand. And yeah, I mean, as much as there's like the negative side of social media and all of that, um, it sort of allowed us to build our business and connect with a lot of amazing people, mm-hmm. including, I mean, James Hoffman. Sorry to name drop, but... Uh, no, I was going to get some... to that anyways. No, yeah, we can <laughs> we can totally talk about that. But uh, no, it's, it's definitely helped a lot. And I guess it's the way that you use the tool as opposed to mm-hmm. what the tools sort of... Uh, uh, sorry, what I meant is like, the tool offers you a certain way of using it and you, you basically make that choice. Correct. So we use Correct. it purely for business. I mean, we've made like half a personal post since we started the company. So we just don't like posting personal stuff, mm-hmm. but we love like sharing and connecting with people. And uh, since we can't do that in person now, we do it online. So. Oh, makes sense. Now, uh, the reason I also ask, so you guys are based out of which city? If you had to be based out of, because if now we, it's online, but... It's twofold. Like, so the ideal is we're based out of Mysore and London. Mm-hmm. And um, we haven't been able to travel back to London. We've basically been stuck. One is uh, because obviously like my wife was pregnant, so we couldn't fly in that period. And then once it did open up, it was too late to, to sort of fly. When you're in your third trimester, you're not allowed to fly. Right. So we've sort of been stuck here for a while, but the idea is to have a dual base where we operate out of i mean we love mysore as a city mm-hmm. it's uh everything that bangalore isn't so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay uh it's nice and like slow and it feels like a smaller city but it also has like the like the perks of like you have good internet and then you have like a grocery store that's like a stone's throw away so it's very convenient but it also has like the the sort of like the small town feel yeah. So that's why we kind of fell in love with the place. I really love Mysore. I mean, uh, for the amount of yeah. time that I've stayed there. Uh, and the it things sucks that, that seen... you came here and you, we couldn't meet. But <laughs> I, know. Uh, I mean, soon, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember when I, when I got to Mysore, and uh, this was probably after the first time we spoke over the phone, and I got to Mysore, I think I saw one of your leaflets in mm-hmm. uh, minimal uh, coffee oh roasters God, yeah. place. And I was like, okay. I just spoke to this guy and this is pretty cool that, you know, there's a leaflet here and I'm, I'm like reading <laughs> through it. But at that point, um, 
I did not know that you know a lot was going on offline as well. Yeah, that that was the reason I I asked this question. So when you started off, obviously, training and all of those things was a major part of what you guys did. It was a half a day on a Sunday, and we just spent like half the day with strangers, brewing coffee and talking. So okay. it was a real like like chill way of like allowing people to discover different roasters and different brewing methods, encouraging them to brew like brew at home. Okay. And um, because it, when we came here, we um, the first like very memorable bag of coffee I tried here in India is uh, Mithilesh's uh, like two th- uh, 2019 Corridor 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 2019 Riverdale. Riverdale, okay. Yeah, from Corridor so the, 7. Corridor 7's 2019 Riverdale was, I mean, it's like, it was like like ripe jackfruit juice. I mean, I was like, I was, and, and it had the note talking about like, like when this was dropped, it was dropped like a little after first crack. And I was like, wow, this is happening in India. Yeah. So that was kind of the first aha moment. And then since then, obviously, several roasteries have popped up. And um, yeah, I mean, sorry, uh, I lost track of what the question was. No, so, <laughs> so I mean, so when you guys started, uh, offline training was a big part yeah, of it. And, correct. and probably with the different roasters coming up and things. Got uh, sorry, emotion, yeah, right my there. point was, was discovering that there's like really interesting stuff happening in India and wanting to share that with with uh, other people Hmm. so that's sort of what spawned the first like the workshops and stuff correct yeah okay no no no, that's perfect (laughs) now uh, no um i know you you have answered this question multiple times in a lot of different places but why the name aramse and why that logo okay so um it's fairly straightforward aramse is sort of like a lifestyle and it's this word in it's this hindi word that's that can be used to describe like so many like emotions it's like slowing down or like laid back or if you want to tell someone to be careful about something he's oh aramse and then so it has multiple meanings and all sort of signify like slowing down relaxing and then like savoring the moment Hmm. And it's sort of incom- uh, sorry, it's sort of encapsulated the way that we feel about brewing coffee. Okay. Uh, it's almost like this meditative like ritual that we look forward to every day. It's almost like I mean I, I'm sure a lot of people do this. I mean, do you go to bed like thinking about the cup of coffee you're going to brew in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're like that. We're <laughs> we're not cases like that. So uh, yeah, so Aramse came from. Yeah, I mean, we were in London, my wife is in finance, so it's probably the fastest like lifestyle you could think of. Mm-hmm. And so to to do like the the opposite of that and and then completely like slow down and then like savor the moment. So I mean that's kind of where Aramsi came from. Mm-hmm. And the logo is nothing but a coffee bean, which is a tortoise, so mm-hmm. slow coffee. Nice. That <laughs> That is, I mean, um, the tortoise side of it was uh, interesting, but I, uh, I mean, it took me a while to understand, you know, there was like a coffee bean and then there's a tortoise there. And, but yeah, I mean, the Aram say yeah. uh, the chill side of it is, is something, something I was like really fascinated. Initially, when I read the name, uh, I remember I was um, talking to somebody in one of the group chats and um, I was like, you know, Aram say, I mean, it means like, chill the fuck down but but why would a company (laughs) like that have like a hindi word used and for a moment i was like you know maybe it is some other language that i do not know of yet and um, (laughs) no it's it's hindi it's like oh this is so cool i mean uh, that does make so much sense 
no that is great um now one question amongst the two of you yeah. who is the pro camera person i've been shooting forever so i mean i started um, yeah I, i don't know i've been shooting since high school okay and i'm like well into my 30s now so <laughs> i guess you can do the math but yeah i know i've i've always like loved photography dabbled in both photography and videography mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i guess that's like my side of the business Man, the the kind of videos the kind of photos that you guys put out is just thanks so much crazy no, constantly it like trying to like improve and one up because it's like a continuous learning progress so even like my style has changed and so yeah i mean it's it's a lot of fun if I'm you sure it is if you look around i mean it's a, i can show you this i mean we've converted the the living room those oh, are those okay. are both video lights this is the mic yeah that's the audio interface so nice. yeah i mean i'm sort of sitting of at i'm sitting at like a setup that we just like flare centers to two pieces to sort of like yeah play around with that video and then you like you know hey make some more yeah it was quite nice i mean it's the first time a company sort of reached out to us. it's what like we wanted to do uh-huh. and eventually get to a point like where like a bunch of people are doing patreon and and so that you don't have to get a company to send you stuff so you can be even more unbiased mm-hmm. but a company like flare is cool because they like yeah just take this play around with it do whatever you want so it's not like oh we want you to review it or like like they're paying us it's none of that it's just just keep it just you, enjoy yeah we liked your video and then we think you can like make content and for them it's like social media like presence yeah. and stuff so it it's got a sort of like a symbiotic relationship and what we don't like doing is just like getting a product and doing a 10 minute bad review it just doesn't like help anyone so we could potentially do that if we are buying our own gear yeah and a lot of the stuff we own we do buy so if you, i mean i don't know if you watch the nanoforma one we really talk about I the did. stuff that is not great with it yeah so we hope yeah we hope to like like our videos and and reviews and stuff are are balanced and unbiased so correct but i mean even with the flare i think uh, the videos that you got you guys put up was I, i wouldn't say it was biased at all because you talk about i mean you talk about how how the thing works and how you can yeah. make it no that video cup of coffee that video was that was our flare we we bought it exactly that's it exactly what i'm saying and it wasn't a review at the end of the day it was about manual espresso and why we love it so much so, correct it was yeah. like bang on this is a product this yeah. is what we're doing with it this is how we're making coffee yeah. and uh, i really i mean i really love the video and i'm i remember seeing a lot of comments on the youtube section you know saying that this is like one of the best videos from flare and this it is so nice, simple yes. that was pretty cool and um and probably i mean it does i mean if i had owned um, flare i would have sent like 5 10 of them and you know like here keep all of them uh, so that but- means a lot uh, <laughs> but yeah no i mean it was nice to see one is yeah the responses and the other is the, the reaction from flare itself i don't know if you've heard of andrew he's uh, like no. the head of like he's a head of marketing and i basically like he's everywhere he's on instagram and like facebook okay. and the most active sort of he's sort of like the face of the brand right now okay knows like a ton about espresso mm-hmm. like really knowledgeable uh so to see, to see him post and like 
um, and then like complimented, and then he sh- immediately shared it on the Brew with Flair group, which is this. I think it's fifteen thousand strong members now. Like mm-hmm. it's a really, it's probably one of the most active coffee forums on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So he posted it there, and then basically reached out and said, "Do you want to do some blog work with us and stuff?" And that led to them sending us a couple of products. So nice. That was really nice too, because I mean this. This shit takes a lot of time. I've been like, well, like both both of us have been planning this video for a long, long time. Because mm-hmm. even uh, you know Sharang from Bloom, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it, so ever since we've been pulling our first shots, he's like, dude, you guys need to make a video on this. I was like, yeah, we're working on it. And this, it's been like what? It's been like six, seven months now. Yeah. And then finally got. But the biggest challenge with that video was the script. Okay. Because. Um, like you said, it's. I didn't want it to be so technical that it scares mm-hmm. people off, but I mm-hmm. wanted it to be technical enough for people to know how powerful this device is. Correct. So, I mean, hopefully, we struck that balance, and it no, was a video. Yeah, that it. It was pretty good, and see, I understand um, a lot of it because, I, I mean, I create more content in terms of numbers mm-hmm. because I am basically on Instagram. I do not have much going on on the YouTube side of it. Correct. But on Instagram, for me, it is like, you know, I have to continuously create content because that's what I do on Instagram. Absolutely. And sometimes it takes days, couple of days, almost a week to do that 20 second, 30 second thing because you have to write that script. You have to make sure, you know, everything is perfect. And I know when I compare my level of video or the quality of the video, that is shit compared to the professional stuff that you have put in. I'm not saying no, it's I mean, bad. See, no, I'm not saying I'm not comparing it face to face. I'm just telling you from what I've done, mm-hmm. it is at a very basic level. I don't use a lot of things and I know a lot of how much time I put in there. Yeah. So I'm just imagining with all of those things, you know, how much time you would be putting in there to get that kind of a video out. It is a lot of work. And yeah. And, and if you have like an obsessive personality, it's even worse. Because <laughs> right now I shot some B-roll for for this video. Okay. Like it's the it's the money shot. I want to end the, like the title B-roll with that shot. Yeah. And I just realized after shooting for like shooting for forty five minutes, like different splashes of coffee, I realized I've shot it on twenty four FPS instead of sixty. Okay. And so I can't slow it down for the B-roll. I need to reshoot it after this call. So. Wow. I mean, it's, it is what it is. So once you put it out, you'll like hope at least it gets some sort of traction. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday we were, we were doing some shoot for uh, the company that I'm currently working with mm-hmm. and we're like making recipes out of, with coffee, but with alcohol. Okay. Um, so just making some cocktails and stuff. Best and, combo. Yeah, man. It's like <laughs> coffee in high spirits right there. Exactly. And, and we, I remember we did three three videos back to back and he had a couple of nice cameras but for just one shot we used my iphone just to take one small angle and after three videos uh, we realized oh shit it was at 30 fps and we wanted 60 uh, fps and they have to do the entire thing again and i was like pissed like you know we just did three shoots like you know that's that's so much work again because I say the every, everything all over again, maintain that same enthusiasm. Yeah, no, because like this, if we had to redo, it's going to be like, some, it's going to sound like it's rehearsed. So that's, I can understand how frustrating that is. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, that look, getting crazy, camera man. settings wrong. I mean, even this video, this is a slight mistake, but instead of stu- shooting at one 150th, I shot it at 160th. As in my hand hit the dial by mistake. Not the end of the world, but it still bothers me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, yeah, that just uh, that just shows how, how much hard work and precision goes inside to what, what you guys are making out there in terms of your content. Yeah, um, I mean, it's both my wife and I are very particular about sort of like maintaining the the image of the brand and like sort of what it stands for and like the quality level that you can expect from it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a small company now. So at this point of sort of hoping that if we put the groundwork in and like do the hard work that it sort of pays off. Yeah, I'm sure it, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, Now coming to the, uh, the other uh, question that I had in mind for sure how was it to get onto James Hoffman's YouTube channel? Oh my God. Where do I even start? Okay. So this, I mean, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife for sort of pushing me because I was ready to give up multiple times. Okay. So this, uh, I think around November last year or so, he uh, made that video saying in Feb, he's going to not create content and he's going to hand it over to creators. Hmm. shortly after he sent out like a google form with a few questions where we had to pitch so we pitched this idea of decolonizing coffee through flavor because it's a project that uh, namisha had been working with uh, with the sea a small tangent from here so if you look at the business like namisha's sort of interest is from the farm green bean right up to uh, right before the coffee is roasted mm-hmm. And the farm side and like sustainability and like how to, to improve the value chain. That side of the business is where like she's super interested in. And I'm on the other, like the geeky side where you go from roasting to, to brewing and the science behind brewing and like really tinkering and helping people brew better coffee. Right. So, um, so when we did the pitch, this is like a project that uh, we had discussed and then Namisha had done, um, uh, it was basically there was a panel of uh, white people and coffee in the US and uh, she had actually spoken about this topic uh, with her STA um, instructor hmm. and so that sort of led us to the idea of pitching that to to James mm-hmm. and we were like okay it's out there enough that he may like find it interesting hmm. because I mean it is sort of I mean it's sort of gutsy for a for a Brit to have that on his channel, that too, it's such a, like a big following. But so if anybody was, would have done, it would have been a Brit, right? Yeah. So, uh, and we sort of you know, sent that pitch in, weren't expecting anything. Okay. They didn't hear back for a bit. So we were like, okay, fine. I mean, whatever. Yeah. And then suddenly we got an email back from his uh, secretary and she said, oh, we really liked your pitch. Could you like detail it out even more? Hmm. And so then we sat and worked on that for a couple of days and then fleshed out the whole pitch talking about like what we want to touch on and um, why we sort of equipped to talk about this subject. Because okay. something like, like Namisha was researching and then I've been like researching like flavor and the flavor wheel and stuff. So we sent in the detailed pitch again, didn't hear back for a while. In the meantime, I, I think we almost had our kid. I can't remember the timeline specifically, but uh, you're very close to like due date. And we suddenly get an email saying, oh, we've picked you and uh, uh, go ahead, make the video. 
we've given you this budget. Uh, you can like either use it for production or equipment or whatever. And um, yeah, make the video. And it was like mad chill because we didn't hear from him. He didn't say, oh, when, uh, like, what's the progress on the video? Nothing. So then obviously after that, we like had our kid and then got closer and closer to the date. And there's like more and more like stress. And uh, at this point, we had started working on the script and the script took a, like took a long time because we wanted to, uh, with most of our videos, the script takes the most time. The shooting is, is a little simpler because once the script is planned, it's easy to sort of hmm. bust it out. Uh, the script was, we sort of got the script ready and then we sent him the full script and um, he really liked it, which we were super like, uh, because if he, if, if he didn't like the fleshed out script, it would have been a big problem because that's sort of what we had to offer. <laughs> then um, fast forward, like, I think two, I would say a week before like due date. So we had told him, he said, so when do you think you can submit this by? So we had told him this was supposed to go out in Feb. So I can't remember the date exactly, but um, roughly like a week before submission date, Mm -hmm. um, we were, yeah, we were new parents and literally had zero time. We were both sleep deprived. My, my wife was like, and like not even close to being able to do any work because it was like 24-7 like baby duty. Right. So every night we would like not shoot and then I would and at this point we had moved back to my in-laws so we weren't even in a space where we had our equipment or anything. Oh, okay. So we're like, how the hell are we going to do this? We've like coolly said yes and like not realizing we were clueless about what it means to be parents. So <laughs> <laughs> We had this kid that we needed to take care of. So uh, I, I kept saying, I mean, I was so stressed. I was like, dude, let's just tell him that we can't do it. I don't mm. think I can, like, I can do this. But my wife, my wife is like, no, that's going to like look really like horrible. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, she really pushed me to, to get my uh, act together. And then in that time, we were like wondering where to shoot. Mm. And with the budget that we got, we ordered lights. Uh, so the lights came, at least my camera I had with me. Mm-hmm. So we did a couple of test shots in, um, in the TV room and it just looked sad. And then there was another apartment of this guy who had like left town. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, my father-in-law called him and said, uh, can we like use the apartment to shoot a video and then sent him our YouTube link. He said, okay, fine. Excuse me. Yeah. So then. We got that place. This was like four or five days before D-Day. <laughs> so went there, like I had my sister-in-law help me with like focus and just basically trying to make sure that like energy levels don't drop and stuff. Went there, um, like the, the windows that I could get away from not helping Namisha out and stuff. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to take two hours now. So got a two hour chunk on one day, then a two hour chunk on the second day. And we finished shooting like the talking head portion of the the Mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next day on the floor of that TV room, I shot like all of the top angle shots, did Mm -hmm. the entire South Indian filter sequence Mm -hmm. and uh, put together a scratch and sent it to James. Mm -hmm. 
got a response in a day and he loved it and he mm-hmm. offered to the only thing he did is he's like the audio is a bit echoey so if you send me the tracks then i can remove the reverb for you okay so we flew the tracks out to him <clears throat> sent it back and then basically polishing polishing the video out for the next couple of days we managed to get it ready but uh, probably the most stressful few weeks of my life is <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was so glad we ended up finishing it and sending it. And and I think of the creative series, it sort of got the most traction. And yeah. James emailed us and said, it's cool that this is like generating so much conversation. Everything that we like hoped it would do, it sort of did. The, nice. the, the funny thing was we posted the video mm-hmm. and obviously super nervous. I mean, it's on this humongous platform at the time. He was at 700,000 subscribers. Well, like, what have we done? I mean, we've just coolly put out a video saying decolonizing coffee is like such a touchy subject. And the comments started flowing in. Yes. Like, what is this bullshit? Like, why why do you have to politicize coffee? Why can't coffee just be coffee? Just a drink? Well, like, no, it can't really. I mean, do you know coffee's history? Yeah. So... We were like, oh shit, what have we done? I mean, maybe this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But then like the comments, like the positive comments just like started flooding in. And and I mean, you you saw Instagram, the, the number of like people that storied it and our DMs, we're still responding to DMs. I mean, it's, you sort of understand where like, like James Hoffman has stopped responding to DMs. If you know Lance Hedrick now, he's just started his YouTube channel and stuff. Even he's like fed up with DMs. Yeah, yeah. And they're, the, they're obviously the trolls and the people who make it like really hard. <coughs> so me. even for a smaller like channel like ours, just that video is overwhelming, but yeah. in, in the best possible way, right? Nice. From like, it, it, it improved like our YouTube subs- subscriber count. It helped with Instagram. It helped with the subscription service. So yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the long version of what happened behind the scenes. So nice that that sounds amazing. <laughs> I uh, so I remember when he put it, put the story out, you know, mm-hmm. calling out people as creators. Uh, a, a few friends of mine they were like pushing me really hard. Why don't you submit? Why don't you submit? And should have. I I did submit, but I, at okay. that point I did not have a script or anything in my head. Okay. I okay. remember I wanted to do something with South Indian filter coffee because mm. Indian. Um, but that's about it. And I had no idea what else or what apart from that could I could go at that point. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that this happened and, and it started so many conversations. Yeah. And, and that was deliberate. So we, we're like, we want the South Indian filter in the, like center stage on such a big channel. So arguably the biggest coffee channel. So it was yeah. like really nice to see that. Such that a big is, deal. It's also such a beautiful South Indian filter. So we were like, we're going to shoot this in high res, send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they love the thumbnail also because it's sort of like the, the SEA flavor wheel juxtaposed with this like super traditional brewer. So correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was super stressful, but we're, I mean, we're more than glad that we actually pulled it off and, Hey, it was it was worth it. I'm sure. I mean, it was just beautiful. Uh, I could I could talk a lot because um, I had I had some um, give and take with James uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had approached him to be a part of the movie that I was shooting. Oh, nice! And yeah, yeah. how's that coming not, along? 
But the movie is almost done. Just uh, finished the third cut, and we're now uh, waiting to work on the sound. Nice. So let's see how that goes. Anyways, I was like coming back to your uh, video and the topic yeah. that you had touched, decolonizing mm-hmm. the flavor wheel. Yeah. So when we when we talk about decolonizing the flavor wheel, what is the main, like the a small main brief of that idea? So see, obviously, like my wife is much more equipped to talk about the subject and like studied a lot more on it. Mm-hmm. But um, the gist of it would be coffee is such a social drink. I mean, the, the best part about coffee is the fact that it brings people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it does have this dark history um, and it sort of still affects many parts of the world. And um, coffee in a lot of places is still like produced below like production cost. And uh, so the the idea now is to have like the conversation move from the global north where it started, like uh, Europe and US where the flavor wheel was created, where specialty coffee became a thing Mm -hmm. and um, sort of now like Africa and um, South America, these places sort of the, the best coffees are the ones that are catered to that palate because they are the buyers. That's where the money is. It makes sense, mm-hmm. but it is changing. I mean, if you look at Indonesia, if you look at like now Sri Lanka reviving coffee, if you look at India's specialty coffee movement, we thought it's like a great time to sort of make coffee more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's several ways in which that can be done. And because flavor is what draws people to coffee, because, I mean, that's why we love coffee. Mm-hmm. We thought it would be nice to, to use that aspect of coffee to bring inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And how, how that's done is we, we discussed three different ways. One would be localizing the flavor wheel, which is uh, currently you have like bergamot, you have like blueberries and stuff that's not very easily available in India. So to, uh, and any, any like fruit or vegetable or like chocolate or whatever you're talking about, you're using something to describe acidity, sweetness, body, aftertaste, like these four aspects, you're using different like foods to sort of describe that. Mm -hmm. So the thought process here is why can't we replace foods, fruits, and stuff that's on the flavor wheel that is not easily available in situ with things that are. So Mm -hmm. whether it's producers or like coffee enthusiasts or anyone, it makes it easier for them to get excited about training their palate and like finding flavor notes in coffee and stuff. Mm. Because they're like, if if they're like, oh, this has like a ripe mango note in it. Mm. Very easy for them to go grab like ripe mango. I mean, okay, like it's only one time during the year, but still it's available Correct. here and you can kind of be like, okay, fine. I'm going to smell this, like whether it's raw mango or ripe mango, I'm going to smell this, I'm going to taste it. And then I'm going to see if like, I can pick that out from the coffee. All of these things become more exciting and more accessible. Correct. So that this would obviously like require some like flavor science and stuff. It's not simply taking, removing blueberry and putting jamun over there doesn't right. work Correct. you've got to look at the chemicals that make up what creates the acidity in blueberry and look at stuff that's available in the subcontinent that has similar like a chemical composition like whether it's like malic acid or whether it's citric acid all of these have different tasting notes and offer different acidities so 
doing that exercise something that we're like working towards like trying to find someone who can help us with that and and have it be science based and create flavor wheels that are localized and that sort of allows both producers who are like who allows them to roast their coffee in like on location and cup it and sort of like look at a like a flavor wheel and sort of be able to very clearly communicate to an like an external buyer what they can expect from that coffee but then want it create a number of different flavor wheels absolutely and uh, while this while the standardized one is good for professional work per se mm-hmm. and if you want to like really um, if you look at q grading and stuff then yes you follow that wheel and it's sort of the way you're using a human as a tool to analyze coffee Correct. whereas there's so much more to coffee that's not professional it's semi professional and it's Correct. like smaller cafes or smaller business owners and this makes it a lot more uh, approachable to them so and the more people that are drinking good coffee and are willing to pay a premium for coffee that that is traceable mm-hmm. uh solves the is 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 where you start to solve the problem of like having money trickle back now what it be easier mm-hmm. that's just a thought what it be yeah. easier when you have like a flavor wheel imagine now let's say imagine we have one flavor wheel yeah. which is the let's say the mother flavor wheel okay yeah. now instead of having all of these different fruits and vegetables and all of these notes written on them mm-hmm. why don't we replace that with numbers and then okay. um, those numbers let's say there is this uh, acidic side and acidic there is this fruity side and you have number i don't know 1 2 12 let's say now this is on the master or the mother flavor wheel and then for every flavor wheel for every subcontinent or for every country there is a uh, a subcategorized flavor wheel yeah. wherein that number 1 to 12 will correspond to the local ingredients so even if it's a local producer talking to somebody who's based out of us he can still mm-hmm. say it it uh, number 7 it's going to have notes of number 7 because number 7 for the producer is let's say jamun and number 7 for the producer in us uh, for the buyer in us would be like blueberries wouldn't that be more easier that is uh, so again i mean it's a complex sub- subject but from if to to basically understand what you're saying you're saying you have a master key hmm. where numbers would correspond to tasting notes correct and so like a number 7 on say the european flavor wheel would be number 7 on the indian flavor sorry number 7 on the european flavor wheel hypothetically has blueberry Correct. and the same number 7 would have jamun in india correct that could i mean yeah that's uh, that's yeah that's one solution because, i think because, because the original idea of having the flavor wheel was to make sure that everybody is on the same page yeah it's just that the fact that everybody cannot be on the same page is because the ingredients and the um, the food products and the fruits that we are talking about is not same across the world yeah and so this way probably we are decolonizing it but also keeping it same for the master or for the main flavor wheel absolutely i mean there is uh, i mean it's like android and ios right yes. <laughs> uh, you have android on if android is open so it's on every single device that correct. you can think of that's not an iphone correct and uh, that creates its own set of issues because like every company like samsung has its own like uh skin on skin on uh, the and then 
the the MIUI has its own thing. So you have fragmentation and that causes its own set of problems, which is why like app compatibility and like how things look across Android devices is not in sync. So what you're seeing makes a lot of sense. Um, what we propose is obviously not have every country have their own flavor wheel, which is fine, but it won't work from a professional sense. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like if you're using it as a scientific tool, then what the SEA, I mean, it's, it's amazing what the SEA has done and it's, it's so much work that's gone into the flavor wheel and the lexicon. Mm. So there's no denying that it's basically taking that and sort of adapting it to the, the world today as it stands where specialty coffee has spread to many, many producing countries. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Your solution to have a master key and then have those numbers correspond to different tasting notes in different regions is a great idea. I mean, I think like once you start implementing uh, drafts of this, you'll start to uh, like realize what issues you run into and things like that. Correct. But the idea here was less to, to solve this issue of like globally having this device that's, that's, that's uh, like a scientific tool to evaluate coffee. It's more about, I mean, producers are like, uh, like every Tom, Dick and Harry is cupping in the, in the like kitchen today. Correct. So even that someone sitting in, in a village, in a, like uh, in India who doesn't have access to like blueberries, mm -hmm. like even if you, if you're living in the city, you may be able to go to a supermarket and get like frozen blueberries, or you may be able to get fresh blueberries and pay, pay a premium for them. Correct. Even someone who's sitting in a small town in, in India will be able to look at this flavor wheel and then go to this local Sabzi Mandi, get some stuff and do a pallet training. Correct. It's that. It, it, yeah. So to start with, it doesn't need, need to be this tool that needs to sink globally or something. Correct. 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 So it, it, it just allows. And, and if, the, if that acceptance comes from the West... And you sort of sort you sort of start to shift the conversation to the global south, hmm. then that it's more of a global conversation as opposed to this conversation of coffee being concentrated in one part of the world. Correct, correct, correct. Absolutely. And the other thing is like we talk about this earthy, right? Hmm. Earthy. I mean, people love earthy coffee and like mm -hmm. uh, basically Java, uh, uh, like Sumatra Java, that, the coffees that are grown there, Indian coffee, all of them. The lower altitude coffees have earthy notes and people love it. They love mm -hmm. the body and they love mm -hmm. like the earthy tones and some are almost like brothy and savory. Mm. And uh, that is frowned upon. Like mm. if you look at the flavor wheel, it, earthy is in the defect section. Correct. So if you have a flavor wheel here, I mean, if someone, if a kid wants to get into coffee or whatever, and he's been drinking his like house coffee and he may have been like, now you have access to good uh, like coffee so he might have been drinking good coffee but then probably like likes this earthy note or whatever but is embarrassed to to admit it correct because and why? it's frowned upon yeah because and taste is so subjective so that's why we made the post about dark roast because there's yeah. this big taboo about dark roast like everything's mm -hmm. lighter and lighter and lighter and soon we'll be drinking green beans <laughs> so <laughs> and then we'll be like you know oh this is vegetile as shit yeah, exactly. Oh, nice notes of grass and <laughs> grass and manure. <laughs> but I mean, I love light roast. I'm I'm not saying that I don't. But the the fact remains is that you saw that poll. I mean, it was sixty forty or something. Yeah. So there's still like a majority of the untapped market that, that specialty coffee can cater to by 
And roasters are doing it here in India, I think more so than in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. They're roasting fairly dark and they're roasting carefully and mm-hmm. not burning the coffee and like avoiding tipping and all of these other issues that can happen when you're, when you're roasting that dark. Correct. But, um, as you said, I mean, there is this, okay, so there is like a mix of thing. I think, I think uh, part of a lot of roasters, A, because they take um, inspiration from the West where it yeah. it is more like the light roast kind of which is okay yeah then i think i think sometimes it's just that's too much inspiration that it is also taken as, as a hint you know i cannot go dark because dark is not good or because yeah. dark is not specialty yeah and uh, i remember standard uh, they they published an article on dark roast uh, in i think two two issues ago uh, and they were like mentioning. I remember seeing that. it. I didn't read it though. I, I should check it out. You should, and it is pretty cool because they talk. You know, the, the, you keep up going lighter, but there's like a huge market out there which is for the dark roasted beans. And that's what we talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And maybe they are still buying darker beans, but they might be buying from different roasters or probably commercial roasters. Yeah. And there's so much of um, that pie of the market still there wanting to be. Um, given an option in the specialty world, like, you know, okay, can you also give dark roast? Exactly. Yeah. yeah that That is true. And yeah. Because there's so many of... people drinking bad coffee that's dark roasted. If you give them good coffee that's dark roasted, they're going to switch. Absolutely. I mean, purchasing power is there. If you look at like, like the number of people who can afford to buy better coffee. So the, it is in like an untapped market that, that, it definitely needs to be addressed. And again, yeah. it comes back to inclusivity. Like you, you shouldn't tell someone the way that they enjoy coffee is wrong. So, Correct. I mean, it's food. Yeah. I mean, start to, yeah. If you go to a French restaurant and put ketchup in your food, you'll get slapped, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I remember I once went to, uh, I think it was in Italy, uh, some really premium restaurant. Just as bad. Yeah. yeah. Man, I went, I went there. And I think um, the girl with uh, I went with, she ordered like a pizza or something. Obviously, in Italy, you know, nice pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the pizza came on the uh, on the on the on the on the table, and I was like, "It's pizza. You take a piece, you start eating it, right?" Yeah. The entire restaurant was giving me eyeballs because I was not using fork and knife. Jeez. I was like, "Who the hell eats pizza <laughs> with a fork and knife?" And, and, and yeah, but. Yeah, you should have eaten it like Thai Southern. <laughs> like, truly bring on the South Indian. <laughs> uh, well, I think... Uh, they can, they yeah. can't see this on the podcast, no? No, they will not. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah, so coming to the next point, I don't even know. Uh, so, I mean, I, I see that you are, you know, playing around with a lot of coffee toys. Um, oh yeah yeah so what are the guilty, what are some, guilty is charged what are some latest, sorry uh, just to just to like i i don't i i forgot your last question but if we cover only the sea flavor wheel mm-hmm. but the video also covered like nomenclature like basically retaining original names like the correct, correct, latte. Correct, correct no i mean I'm, I'm just like reminding you in case you wanted to touch upon we, it but we, we can, can move on to brewers i'm <laughs> no. happy to <laughs> no, the thing is, I'll come back to the filter coffee because that's where I want to end. But yeah, yeah. I just want to finish off this thing. So what are the current uh, toys that you have that you're intending to play around with? 
Okay, so I mean, started with the B60, obviously, mm-hmm. and then like Borogusne kettle, of course, because you quickly realize that you can't do it like, very much without one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> More recently, like as of last May, we got the flare. Mm-hmm. That was sort of like real introduction into the, the world of espresso. Mm-hmm. And that's like a rabbit hole. If anyone who's sort of dabbled knows that once you're, once you've had a sip of good spro, you're screwed. It's basically what it is. Exactly. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. I'm just glad that you have, um, uh, you like manual lever was something that sort of happened around that time mm-hmm. because, uh, it's it's legit like very high quality espresso for like a fraction of the cost that you would ordinarily pay for some for a shot like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what was super exciting. Also, sort of what got us excited about making that video because we're like, uh, yeah, like two three shots in. When my this is powerful. I mean, yeah. it's frustrating as hell, but it's powerful. Yeah, it's like and a then, pain in the neck to clean, but yeah. no, actually, with the flare, the cleanup is not not the pain. The Pain is more like temperature stability. That, yeah, I mean. So with a boiler, you you have that sort of like constant. Even with that, I mean, if you look at uh, a lot of machines that are in the prosumer, if you look at the gasher, hmm. it has like a, it has a problem with overheating. Like, Correct. So you have to like release pressure. And then like the Lapavonis have the same issues where mm-hmm. like it brews too hot. Hmm. Here it's the opposite, obviously, like with the flare, less so with the cafe lat robot, with the flare, you have like big chunks of metal, especially mm-hmm. the pro two. So a lot of heat gas dissipates. Yeah, very yeah. quickly. So if yeah. you don't spend the time preheating mm-hmm. um, and initially you like you put that silicone cap and then you fill it and then you dump it and you fill it and you dump it three times and then you brew, it's like a pain. But then you slowly get, you're like, it, it's basically jugad. Yeah. At the end of the day, like Jugard is what works Correct. because you're like, this is too frustrating, but I still want this bloody coffee. <laughs> I'm going to figure out like a different workflow that works. So then you put like a silicone, like funnel or a kitchen sink strainer on top of the kettle and you steam preheat it and it makes things a lot simpler. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the flare is one grinder. Obviously we, we briefly own the air grind. Mm-hmm. Which work? It's it's great. It's portable, uh, good quality grounds, but just sort of produce too too many fines for for like a, for like a very like nuanced B sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I don't know if we just had bad luck, but we went through three units, and all of them had like burr alignment issues. So, but like fuck this, and just went straight for like gold standard and bought the Commandante. I haven't okay. regretted it at all. Okay. We talk about it all the time, but. We've had it now for like coming up on two years almost. Wow. So, nice. Love it. It's been using it multiple times every day. So it's sort of like paid for itself and then some. <laughs> uh, that's that's like a go-to. Recently picked up the Stag X, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like we picked it up and a week later, James did a video on, on brewers and sort of picked the Stag. So that, that was fun. And um, I don't know, for those of you who haven't heard of Jonathan Garnier, mm-hmm. he's this... You astro- should. Yeah, you should. You should check he's, out his he's blog. Like, By the time you finish reading it, you'll probably be sweating and uh, <laughs> you probably... Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's insane. He's like a mad scientist, but with coffee. Yeah. And it's incredible. Um, a lot of it, like, obviously goes straight over my head. 
Yeah. But, I have to uh, read it a couple of times sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you sort of look at the conclusions that he draws and stuff, it's it's amazing how like making those changes directly affects Bruce mm-hmm. because it's backed by science. Hmm. Um, so yeah, he's done um, he's done like a whole entire article of brewing with a stag X. And um, it's damn interesting. So now we use V60 filters with the Stag X. So it just works better. There's less like bypass and yeah. it's a little bit of a pain getting it in. But again, uh-huh. like workflow, you figure out some jugad. So we use a cupping spoon to set it right now. Oh, nice. Probably make a video about that at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then... we've, uh, yeah, for a while we brewed with the, with the cloth filter, the Hario drip pod. <laughs> Love it. But uh, again, I mean, maintenance is a bit... Now that filter is somewhere rotting in Bangalore, so we need to get a replacement. I've been talking to the, uh, I think, Suyash or someone from... Yeah, yeah Suyash Dev, Gup- Dev Gupta. Uh, I've been meaning to, yeah, I've been meaning to order that sample pack, so I'll probably do that and try those. Yeah. I ordered it last week, or the week it? before that, yeah. Okay, I ordered, cool, cool. I ordered, I ordered two weeks ago. Um, I've been meaning to do that. Yeah. Are you, are, you a, are you a fan of cloth filters? I don't know. I mean, depends on it depends on my mood and it depends on the coffee. Like okay. if you have like a high altitude Ethiopian coffee and you just want to extract all of the clarity that you can. And like the whole cup is based on like nuance and like separation of flavors, then no, I'll paper filter. Correct. But uh, if it's more like a, like an afternoon cup and I want something with like a little more like texture mm-hmm. and body and it's just like 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 a nice natural or something so where the fruit notes are going to come through but i still also have this like syrupy mm. like heavier body mm-hmm. then i'll brew with cloth okay. i really like the way cloth tastes i'm not a fan of metal filtering mm-hmm. yeah um, me neither but too like gritty for my taste <clears throat> no matter how like even the able like filters and stuff sort of let through too mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like a happy medium and i don't like the thinner cloth filters i prefer like the thicker like tighter weave ones mm-hmm. so you're getting filtration that's closer to to paper but not as clean correct yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i i um i i mean i really like the warp filters mm-hmm. i um they have the, different thicknesses right if i'm not mistaken i think uh i'm not sure if they have different thicknesses but they have different kinds of filter uh for hmm. different purposes I know okay. they have cold brew, they have V60 and they have one more, I guess, if I'm not mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I used it a couple of times and then, you know, I kept it in the cold water in the fridge. Uh, but yeah, the people at the workplace, they did not understand what that is. So they used to throw the water and keep the <laughs> cloth out. And yeah. Uh, my, so, my, yeah. I mean, my my box for the... <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. Like the box that I... Like it's a Tupperware box that I keep the filter in. Yeah. And I opened it like, this was a couple of months ago. I haven't used the cloth filter in a bit. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, there was onion and tomato in that box. <laughs> so, so you're really yeah. getting that vegetable shit now. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> it's soup. Uh, must be a Kenyan if there's tomato. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, uh, cool. So, um, I mean, coming back to... Um, uh, the last two part one being the fact that okay when you thought of starting subscription mm-hmm. what was the idea i mean like why do you want to do that like there are other people doing it in the country um, what is it that like you know why why you wanted to start it too 
or what 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 was different that you thought okay now this is something that i can give it's so it we weren't thinking about it mm-hmm. and like i said directly based off the messages and the comments that we were getting on youtube we're like okay fine like tons of people so even if like our earlier videos the one video that got the most traction was how to choose the right coffee for you and there was a video talking about like what tasting notes means and like how to pick a roaster and like how to grind and like different brewing methods so we did this video and that sort of got the most traction that was like one indicator mm-hmm. several dms as a, as like could you recommend some coffee like which coffee is good to start with and which roaster do you recommend so all of these questions like naturally led to the subscription because we're like we're anyway texting and telling so many people like what to try and like oh we just tried this this coffee from blue toka and this from bloom and this from like qbf so we're like why don't we why don't we start a like a subscription service and the, around the time there was an article about trade also like in correct. the us correct yeah and we're like well, we want to do something similar but different mm-hmm. and so as of now it's the only recommendation based subscription service in the country that's variable Okay. So what that means is um if you get a bag of coffee from us you get charged what you would if you bought it from the roaster. Okay. And every cycle you'll be charged a different different amount based on what the bag is worth. Okay. So you're not, you don't have a fixed fee you're not paying like 500 rupees a month or like 500 rupees every two weeks even though your bag is you could buy a bag for 400 rupees or like hmm. 350 rupees. Hmm. So uh the back end is like yeah it's built on like like new google tech progressive web app so it's built for scalability and uh, the biggest like the biggest like factor that sort of sets us apart is the recommendations so okay kind of a bespoke service where you come on here and like people who who are super anal about oh i want this coffee and like i want this particular roaster this that the platform is not for them Hmm. it's for people who are like dabbling in coffee or, or who are even new to coffee in fact we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of people who brew with the south indian filter who like my aunts and stuff and their friends and that circle of like bombay aunties and like bangalore aunties and all are on like are subscribing to us which is super exciting nice and they uh, so this is uh, like i was talking to beba from qbf also yeah and he mentioned that like the interesting thing with your subscription is like people who wouldn't ordinarily drink my coffee are drinking it correct so that's sort of what we're trying to to do because if we recommend then you don't have a choice of like oh i want to pick this i want to pick this mm. so you just you you sort of relinquish that control to us some people are okay with doing it we've had people who subscribe and unsubscribe because they like oh i want more control over what which is fair mm. so this is basically for someone who wants to try different coffees mm-hmm. uh is learning to brew better coffee and um and like can easily do that on one single platform without having okay. to go to multiple places correct then again we we don't want to have like 100 roasters on we're not going to onboard we take we onboard roasters very slowly mm-hmm. <clears throat> we just onboarded saver works actually nice like as of the last week we still have to like upload their coffees onto our database Mm-hmm. So right now we have Levin and every single one of them sort of have a personal relationship with we talk to them and so it's it's a much slower process 
we get samples from them, we cup it multiple times. And then mm-hmm. if it's been six months, like we just reordered samples from uh, El Bueno. And so it's you're getting coffee that we drink and we like and that mm-hmm. we've sort of cupped and categorized ourselves mm-hmm. nice and yeah right now like the bandwidth it's hard like after the hoffman video we've grown and uh it's it's hard to you know when you when there are 10 subscribers you can be super bespoke and if people get used to that when you grow to 100 they're like mm, i'm not getting the attention that i used to get from <laughs> and like i'm trying it's hard so yeah so how many and subscribers do you have now like your subscription we've, we've like we're over a hundred okay so we're like yeah the i mean we're to be honest we would have been well over that mm-hmm. but as of april 1st rbi wonderfully decided to clamp down on their recurring payments rules and our entire platform runs on recurring payments and Correct. we haven't been able to onboard new subscribers for over a month now okay and um and this is like we're still riding that wave of like post the hoffman video a lot of every day we have like at least like five or ten people create new accounts mm-hmm. and usually the 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 conversion rate is for every like 10 people that create an account one will subscribe okay but um here we haven't been able to onboard anyone so we're slowly moving to another uh, technology for recurring payments so that we can start onboarding people again. Okay. So to, to everyone out there who's listening to this podcast, who's tried to subscribe and has been frustrated by the message recurring payments not supported on a card which you've used for recurring payments, it's because of RBI and it's because banks haven't gotten their shit together and yeah. we can't do anything. <laughs> We're trying and like we should have the new uh, system in place in the next couple of weeks. So that's Sweet. that. Sweet. No, but that that is... Uh... Oh, pretty pretty awesome and yeah i mean obviously it gets a little difficult with more people on but then the idea of suggesting somebody a coffee that you know he or she might potentially like yeah. and then you know there is an option of you know getting even a better suggestion um after one or two coffee subscription that is yeah. uh that is pretty cool i mean um we have a section that's called my coffee journey so you have a list of every coffee that we've ever, se- ever sent you okay and you can rate it um you can either like you can either say you loved it, liked it, or didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And you can even add a little note. So it helps us like know what your palette is and mm-hmm. understand your palette better. So f- like future recommendations will be more tailored along those lines. Nice. So if you, if, if you thumbs down a coffee, then we'll know that if you haven't added a note, we even like, again, if we have the bandwidth, we're going to grow the team. And this is like a definite future plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll ask you like what you didn't like about the coffee. And obviously okay. we can't ask every single person, mm-hmm. but that's how data is, right? So if 10 people tell you that a coffee, um, it was a little like too thin, like a little too tea-like. If 10 people tell you that, you can sort of say if the 11th person thumbs down, then there's a chance that it could be this reason. Okay. And then we'll send them stuff that's like slightly like, like fuller bodied. Correct. So... Um, it sort of works like that. It's uh, right now. It's too small to collect enough data to start automating. Mm-hmm. But uh, but eventually that will happen with a yeah. bigger size as you grow, right? And so I mean, people are scared of automating because they're like, oh, then it's just going to be a computer. Why is it? It's not bespoke. 
it's not the case. I mean, you're taking like actual information that people have given feedback on coffee, what they liked, didn't like, and then you're putting that information together so that we can cater to more people with a single click as opposed to like chatting with each person, which is just like not feasible if you want to grow a company. Correct, correct, correct. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's how most uh, companies use that. And we are okay with that. But when it comes to something like this, like, oh, oh. use a computer. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, but that is pretty cool. Now, coming back to uh, the filter. Holy coffee. grail. <laughs> so, yeah, so you were saying something out there, uh, um, especially keeping that. Oh, dude, I'm focus. sorry. Like, sorry again to cut you off. When you said, what gadgets are you obsessed with? The first thing that ever like got us like seriously hooked onto this like crazy like coffee train was the South Indian filter. Oh yeah. The, it was like it's literally the most frustrating brewer that we've encountered. And now that we've <laughs> cracked it, we absolutely love it. Nice. So I, I like yeah, I've spent two years brewing with this small size one South Indian filter, like across London and India and like everywhere that I travel, yeah. forcing Namisha to drink every brew. Yeah. Getting feedback. And so yeah, no, if you're talking about obsession with the brewer, yeah, it's gotta be the South Indian filter. Nice. I just wanted to slip that in. No, there. no, that's that's pretty pretty awesome because I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I mean, so I've been consulting for cafes for a few years now. And I remember um, a few years ago I was like I was helping for a specialty cafe for like for the setup. Correct. And and they're like, you know, we should have different coffees, like, you know, brewers and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you should have your like, V60 French press. Um, if you want to get any of the other fancy brewers, get that, an AeroPress um, and a South Indian filter coffee. I'm like, why South Indian? Why not a South Indian filter? It's the only <laughs> fucking Indian brewer that we have. Why don't you want to have that? I mean, you're exactly. And um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been um, suggesting people to have that ever since, you know, if it's a specialty cafe and you know you have like a south in it it's such a nice feeling to have that you know it's like oh my god yeah seriously it was so, so yeah. cool. no i agree it's, it's this thing of we do it with a lot of things it's not only brewers stuff that need, needs to go to the west and come back and then immediately we adopt it yeah but stuff that we've had here for a long time i'm not talking about how like your like like my mother anything that you say like science and advancement or anything she'll be like it's in the vedas but yeah. that's that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a, there's a lot of cool shit here, but then it's almost like we're embarrassed of it for some weird yeah, reason. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, dude, we this should is, not use that. I'm like, even our cafes, our cafes look like cafes anywhere else in the world. I mean, they can be like designed like Indian cafes. It, there's, like, there's so much like, like you look, look at Chetnina design and stuff. I mean, you can have an open plan and there's so many things you can do with like cafe design. You can have that South Indian filter like center stage. Yes, yeah. it's not the easiest brewer. You're like gonna ask someone to wait for twenty minutes to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. No, but you you can batch brew and you can batch brew good coffee. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it should happen. I mean, that's sort of what we want to have. And I love that you're doing it and like telling because you consult with a lot of cafes. And if you're pushing people to put that on the menu, then I love it. It's like, but it's awesome. so difficult. It's trust me, it's difficult because it's like a task to tell them it's on James somebody. Hoffman's channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, whoa no, James no is i'm gonna do that now <laughs> exactly. i need the exact same brass uh, talking for the coffee yeah. now it, it is going to increase my viewership oh, no but I, I i i i agree with what you said and there are some really cool indian coffee houses around the country mm-hmm. that looks so damn amazing like yeah it has its own charm it has its 
own feel to it. Uh, but yeah, I rarely see people talking about it or. Did you see baristas mixing drinks? I mean, I'm talking about like cocktail baristas, like mixing <laughs> drinks and there's like theatrics and like fireworks and stuff. Yeah. And they're mixing like, like these fancy cocktails for you. Dude, stretch coffee, man. Degree coffee. What the hell? Like that takes some mad talent. <laughs> it like it defies, like defies physics and gravity. <laughs> Especially that if should... you add like a swirl to it. Exactly. <laughs> Like ditch the steam ones and the nanoformers. Like stretch that shit. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyways, now yeah, coming back to your uh, holy grail. So the uh, South Indian fritter coffee with the flavor wheel, mm-hmm. and you were explaining something, which is where at at what point I cut it, cut you out. Um, uh, yeah, you were saying something about about the flavor wheel and the South Indian fritter coffee brewing that you wanted to get there on James Hartman's. No, no, I was but just what was it? I was yes. just talking about the, the thumbnail because like you juxtapose this new like specialty coffee tool mm-hmm. with this age old brewer and having the, having the two like together was, On, was, together. was what the, the thumbnail want, like we wanted to signify through the thumbnail. So, I mean, that's just what else. No. Okay. Uh, now two questions. Mm-hmm. What is the most important, um, thing that one should take care of while making a South Indian fritter coffee? Bed prep, like any form of coffee brewing. Um, it's, it's, it comes close to uh, as careful as you need to be like with espresso. If anyone's brewed espresso, you know that if your puck is not prepared properly, you're going to get like channeling, you're going to get like an unevenly extracted cup of uh, coffee. Similarly with the South Indian filter where you, where you're not tamping because if you tamp, you're going to get very, very slow flow rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shitty thing that they give you with the South Indian filter, that's not a tamper. It's a, basically a tool that can cut your head off. So throw it in. The, we get like really angry comments on YouTube and all. This is not South Indian filter coffee. That plunger is what you need to use to make the coffee more concentrated. I'm like, no, you can distribute better and grind a little finer. You'll get a slower drawdown and you'll get a much better cup of coffee. Yeah. so um yeah no d- ditch that plunger I, yeah. I i mean if you we can do an entire episode and why that's uh, like a horrendous piece of like metal it's it's sort of as a as a rhetorical thing to have right you know it does not do anything so i'll tell you what it is it's basically a crutch for people to pour more carelessly but it ends up doing more harm than good because firstly, exactly. if you look at a tamper for espresso, mm-hmm. it's very, very carefully machined. And if you have a mm-hmm. calibrated tamper, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically, you will have like 58.5, 58.6, depending on like whether you have a VST or like, a, like di- different baskets. Correct. So when you're going that precision and you still have like a little bit of coffee stuck on the side, you're like, Oh, I could get a little like tighter. Correct. Meanwhile, we have this thing that was like bent by someone in some garage mm. with three holes that were like, made with a toothpick or something and firstly it's you put it in okay it allows you to pour without disturbing the the coffee bed Mm -hmm. but i can guarantee you 99 percent of people when you open the brewer this thing is tilted to one side yes it is always tilted so what that is doing is it is digging entirely into the coffee bed most of your water is flowing through that side of the coffee bed over extracting that side which is why you have to put like like three cows worth of milk into that coffee and like sugar for you to be able to palate it. Correct. If you just like, if you just like use a WDT for those of mm-hmm. you who don't 
Windows Vice Distribution Tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a little piece of cork, and you can stick like four acupuncture needles. Yeah, wine you know, cork. We, we mean wine cork. Wine cork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> yes, wine cork. C O R K. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So if you looked at our, our video of like the ultimate South Indian filter uh, technique, we use a chopstick. That's a thin chopstick that works, but a WDT works way better. better. Yeah, yeah. Because these acupuncture needles are between 0.25 to 0.4 mm thick. Mm-hmm. And they actually like bend through the coffee and the distribution mm-hmm. and they, they make the coffee fluffy. And then you have like a very evenly distributed bed. Correct. So that's the, the first like key step to getting a good extraction. Mm-hmm. Second one is pouring. Mm-hmm. So if you use a gooseneck kettle, especially something like, I mean, most kettles will allow you, like a good gooseneck will allow you to pour very, very slow. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting long drawdown times and like brews are jamming and stuff, it's because your initial like pour is too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Because the more aggressively you pour, the more the agitation is, and the more that fines can migrate go down, down and like you know clog the filter. Block. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and the cheaper your grinder is, the more fines it'll produce, and so you're gonna have a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. You can go like to the complete coarse end of of grinding and still get a stall brew. Correct. So the the easiest way to troubleshoot is be more gentle with your initial pour, and be more gentle with the initial swirl. Mm-hmm. If you do, do these two things, you can like get rid of stalled brews. Mm-hmm. If your brew is like channeling through and it's like going through in like two minutes, then you go back to bed prep. You have to like do the WDT properly, pour carefully and in a controlled way. Mm-hmm. And you should be brewing like delicious cups of coffee. It's just those two steps. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a good grinder helps. And unfortunately, the South Indian filter works well on the espresso and Turkish side of things. So those grinders are expensive, unfortunately, but um, it is what it is. You can, um, but, but if you wanted to troubleshoot with the, with the South Indian filter, that's kind of what you do. Don't use that damn plunger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when we talk about the uh, South Indian filter coffee now, uh, I mean, you've given up, uh, given us a couple of tips of how to go about getting a better brew. Do you also have like a, like a target drawdown time yeah so again this depends on it depends on the coffee mm-hmm. so uh, if you're going for a thicker concentrated brew then you can like reduce you can drop the water temperature and you okay. can grind finer and you can reduce your water ratio to coffee okay so you're going to get a slower drawdown time you're going to get a thicker concentrate correct and obviously if you want to extract like a lighter coffee more mm-hmm. then you're going to like increase the amount of water mm-hmm. and increase the water temperature temperature yeah so the thing with with the south indian filter is like slow percolation mm-hmm. it's one of the few i think the south indian filter and the fiend are the two ones that i can think of at the top right. of my head which have a fine grind and slow percolation mm-hmm. because otherwise you have medium or coarse grind and you have like much faster percolation you have two to three two and a half to like four and a half minutes for like a mm. pour over mm. and espresso is like 20, 30 seconds. Mm. Whereas this is the very fine grind and long brew time. So mm. what you need to be careful about is if you are brewing darker roasts, if your starting temperature is too high, then you're going to start to get like very bitter notes in the coffee. Mm. So drop that, drop that initial temperature. And a part of 
the reason that you have such a unique flavor profile with the South Indian filter is because of the dissipation of heat over time. Correct. And that sort of does, I mean, obviously there's science behind it, but that sort of does something to, to mellow out acidity and give it like a rounder flavor that, that makes it like unique. And I mean, you might like it, you might not like it, but it's mm. unique nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. And the better the coffee that you use, the better the brew is going to be. So. Correct. But yeah, lighter roasts, you need to, just like an espresso, lighter roasts, you need to grind finer and higher water temperature. Increase the water ratio if you feel like it's still under-extracted and you go the opposite direction with, with darker roasts. Makes sense. Thank you for that. Uh, um, you also had mentioned something about the turmeric latte. Yeah, no, so that was, that was another segment that we, we spoke about in, uh, in the Hoffman video. Yeah. What's the turmeric latte? So that's the haldi, haldi wala dood. Yeah, ah, haldi dood. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, okay, you got me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, so yeah, that we talk. We we talk about another example of sort of like preserving culture and like having like the origin country be proud of a creation. Mm-hmm. Like if you look in France, like people are super anal about like pronouncing croissant properly. Correct. And if you go to Italy, like it's a cappuccino, a macchiato. Correct. And so they're like super proud of it. Correct. Whereas here you have this drink that's like has its roots in Ayurveda and it's like like has medicinal qualities. And then you can put like tons of spices and it's almost like this like hot cocktail where you can like brew it with like like pepper and cinnamon and like cardamom and you can put ajwain and there's like mm. loads of things that you can do with this one drink. But somehow it had to be like like bastardized and like go through like a cultural appropriation and renamed for it to be accepted in mainstream culture. Right. And that that's sad because most people, even if you look at the comments in the video, they're like, oh, I didn't know turmeric latte originated in India. So why not call it Haldi, Haldi Kadud? If it's called Haldi Kadud, they'll be like, oh, what does this mean? It's a conversation you, starter. And yeah, whereas has... if you call it turmeric latte, it's the ingredients. You're like... Not every drink may have like an original name like that, but yeah. when it does, it's nice to preserve that because it's a direct link back to where it was created. That's right. basically what we were saying. Yeah. I remember again, uh, I read this stuff about uh, this lady. I forgot her name. Her Instagram handle is something like one gold something. Okay. She She's Yvonne. She's, uh, she's basically a Vietnamese, half Vietnamese, half American. Got it. And uh, she started a company two years ago because of something of a similar reason. <laughs> like, you know, um, cafes around the world, most of the cafes around the world now have the Vietnamese coffee. Exactly. Uh, they don't she has like a, she she has an exclusively like Finn cafe, right? Specialty cafe that brews. No, so she, she, does, uh, she does trading of Vietnamese Robusta coffee. Oh, okay, all okay, the okay, okay, cafes uh, in US. Like, you know, nice. if you're using our name, Vietnamese coffee, we don't yeah. use Arabica. We don't use a high-grade Ethiopian to make our uh, Vietnamese filter. We use yeah. local Robusta to make Correct. our teams, right? And so she she went on and, you know, did this and uh, she explained it on a very similar line to what you did and, you yeah. know, <clears throat> maintaining what we have and, you know... I guess two sides of the same coin. What we're saying is this filter is like age old and it's you don't need to only brew like a chicory mix arabica robusta branded dark roast commodity coffee and like brew like this like thick concentrate and drink it with milk and sugar 
uh, it's just as capable brewing like a floral Ethiopian or like a, or like any like natural that you're getting from the Chevrois in uh, in India. So mm-hmm. uh, it has its place among your aeropresses and your V60s, and it should be on your counter and it should be in your like coffee arsenal. Is what we're Correct. saying. Correct. So one is about the so that, that I guess is about the Vietnamese coffee, and this is about the Indian brewer, I guess. Correct. Yeah, but yeah, I mean on the similar. Absolutely. Yeah, Again, yeah. it comes down to yeah, like like paying attention to to what exists and then giving it like global recognition. Correct. Cool. Uh, well, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share? You would like to uh, you know talk as a giveaway um, for the session to any of the listeners or to all of them? No, I mean thanks a lot for listening. And if you haven't heard Benny's story, then dude, that's like. That's like a multi-series podcast that you can probably fill. Uh, we're so glad we got to like chat with you, and, and thanks for reaching out, man. And no, obviously, good. hope to hope to meet you very soon. Yeah, uh, brew together and geek out a little bit more. Yeah, let's let's do that as soon as it's possible. Uh, thank you very much again for coming here uh, on the on the show. Really, really happy to have you, and um, yeah. Uh, we'll sue you soon in in some city. I don't know. Hopefully, Mysore. But let's see. Before you, yeah, yeah. Or else, if you fly down to London, then yeah. Uh, yeah, things open up. Yeah, we can. Why, dude? Go like we'll go. We'll go cafe hopping in London. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay, we'll both be. We'll both be shaking by noon. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh, let's carry a, a a batch of like South Indian filter coffee. While we do no, that. but we intend to do that. We intend yeah. to go to the London Coffee Festival and like showcase something in filter. That's been the plan all along. So nice. Uh, that's what we're gonna like aim to do. If it doesn't happen this year, then like definitely next year. But well, uh, I'm doing something with the South Indian filter coffee. Like anything uh, with the South Indian filter, we're we're like excited. We're interested. Yeah, so, like I'm trying to make a prototype or something. And uh, I don't know. Once it's 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 on the first level, maybe we'll talk again. Let's do it. We have two prototypes. One that's ready for manufacturing. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Yeah. sweet I don't know if you noticed in the Hoffman video, we did tease. So I, I we, haven't did, said, we haven't said anything did about show it. You did not talk about it, right? No. As in, we initially wrote it into the script and then like, even James was like, I think it'll be cooler if you just like let people ask you what it is. So okay. now we're trickling in, like people are like, hmm, what is this? Oh, is this a brewer you're working on? Oh, what is this brewer? And so we're like, Wait for it. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. Great. Okay, thank you very oh, much. Billy, thank you so much. This was great. Here. Talk awesome, soon. Man. Let me know when the, the episode's live. Uh, definitely, I'll do that. I'll do that. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to this episode of Coffee Protocol Podcast. Next, well, I wouldn't commit next week, but soon I'll be back with a new episode with a new guest. Um, and yes, please... If you can, do review this podcast on your Apple uh, or Spotify. Give us a rating. Uh, Apart from that, until then, happy brewing. Make sure you have lots of coffee if you can. And remember, let's make coffee simple.